Welcome to the teaching ministry of Prophet and Pastor Marvin Barham. Marvin has devoted his life to seeing the restoration of the New Testament church and the power of the Holy Spirit and Word of God in this generation. Open your Bibles as we join Marvin in one of his crusades from around the world. What's the foundation of your life? Dan kept trying to say he can fix that. While something else fell apart, oh, I can fix that. Something else falls apart, oh, I can fix that. I don't know about you, but I've experienced that in my life. Well... This is broke, that's broken, and I think I can fix it. Or if I just, if I just had enough money, that would fix my problem. How many of you have had that concept? All our financial problems that are all our broken financial stewardship, if we just had better jobs, that would fix it. If I had more hours, that would fix it. If I had a better car, that would fix it. If I had more money, that would fix it. And, and, and it doesn't fix it, does it? Our relationships. Well, if I just had the right person here or this one would act right or if they would just do this or change or if I could just change this about me or that about me, then, then, then that would fix it. And, and, and any problem in our life, every time we have an issue or struggle, we, we always resort to these, these, these ideas that if we just had this or that or just enough of this or something that or if this person would act right or do right, then, then if this would just change, then this would fix my problem. If I could change this, this would solve my problem. But the whole problem is that the whole foundation of our thinking, the whole foundation of our values, the whole foundation of our choices, the foundation's wrong. How many times I have heard people, well, when I get this and this and this in order in my life, then I'm going to serve the Lord and fulfill that which he's called me to be and do. And they never get around to getting those things in order. Because as soon as they think they've got one thing in order, something else breaks. Something else happens. There's another crisis. There's another dilemma. There's another situation. There's another circumstance. And it's, it's like that like the Ford in the video. One thing after another is broken. Yeah, but what does the foundation, even if he had a solid foundation, you might say he didn't build the fort structurally sound. Yes, because what is built on the foundation is reflected by the way the foundation was built. I guarantee you, Everything that's built in your life is a reflection of the foundation. 
It's like baking a cake. I can't bake one very well. You wouldn't want to eat anything I bake. Amen. If you don't follow the instructions, if you don't put the ingredients in right, the cake doesn't turn out right, does it? It just doesn't. Why? Because it, it just wasn't followed. The recipe just wasn't followed. And the Word of God gives us the recipe for life. The Word of God gives us the instructions on how to lay the foundation. In Isaiah chapter 24 verse 18. We find a principle. God exposes poor foundations. How I many know oh, God will expose poor foundations? Just like in the video you just watched of the, the fort falling apart that he built. <laughs> what he built and how he built it became very evident when things started falling apart, didn't it? Isaiah 24, verse 18. He who flees at the sound of the terror shall fall into the pit. And he who climbs out of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows of heaven are opened and the foundations of the earth tremble. Second Samuel, chapter 22, verse 16. We find this same concept. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the last or at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. And finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes. Who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart? Then each will receive his commendation from God. Let me say it again. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness. And will disclose the purposes of the heart. And then each will receive his commendation from God. The gospel of Christ shows us the foundation in Christ. You know, in 2014, God began to give us new Marching orders, new instruction to build. And in 2014, God released some prophetic words and God began to speak about strategic building, laying a solid foundation, starting from the bottom again, because things don't go wrong. They what? They start wrong. Say that with me. Say things don't go wrong. 
They start wrong. What's that referred to? What you start with is the foundation. And so God began to take us back to, to looking at the foundation of what we were building as Jubilee. And God began to give us a strategic plan. How many know God does everything in order? God has a plan. He doesn't just kind of shoot from the hip and try to, well, hope that sticks. <laughs> Let there be light. You see anything yet? <laughs> no, I don't see anything. Say it again. Let there be light. Well, say it louder. Let there be light. Now you got to say it with the right tone. And you got to, you know, you got to... And that how we, that's how we function in Christianity many times, isn't it? Well, say it with, and quote some scripture with it. And then maybe something will happen. Yeah, but I am the word. Well, then, I don't know what else to tell you. Give a prophetic word to it. Yeah, but anything that comes out of my mouth is prophetic. I'm the God of creation. Oh, well. It wasn't all that, was it? What is the found, what's God's foundation? It's Him. There's nothing greater than Him. In fact, Scripture says He, he looked around to swear something, to find something greater than Himself to swear behind, finding nothing greater than Himself. He swore by His own oath. By his own faithfulness, by his own omniscience, let there be and there was. And so God took us 2014 to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. And it's amazing if I look back at the strategic and God began to have us develop strategic preaching plans Rather than just come in. In fact, you know, when we have guest speakers, I don't just, you know, I used to say, and I've done this when I go to other churches. Well, is, what is it, pastor, that, that you need God to do in the house? What's God doing in the house? What's been happening? What is strategically God? I don't know. Just preach whatever the Holy Spirit tells you. I had a general come to me the other day friend of mine and he said Marvin I was at a um, retirement ceremony and he said he caught me and he said he's a retired general and so he used to be in charge of the army and the National Guard's strategic planning and they had these big meetings and off-site uh, retreat and, and all the senior leaders the generals and the colonels and stuff would all come together and they talk about strategic plans and setting goals and long term and short term goals and, and all these initiatives and, and so a lot of these guys what they do is when they retire they go around helping businesses and stuff develop strategic plans and basically, strategic plan is just simply you set goals and then you take your resources and you match your resources with your goals to reach a desired outcome based on your mission and your vision statement. And so he comes to me and says, Marvin, uh, does your church have a strategic plan? 
And I said, well, yes, sir, because I used to be part of the strategic planning for the army. And so he says, does your church have a strategic plan? I said, yes, sir, we do. He said, oh, really? What's it like? And I said, well, it's a little different than you're probably used to. (laughs) What do you mean? I said, well, we start with a prophetic word of the Lord. We start with the prophetic utterances of God, and then we build on that. (laughs) He looked at me. (laughs) What do you mean? I said, well, we have our New Year's Eve service and we seek the Lord for direction and instruction for his guidance. We build first on the spiritual instruction of God. And then from that, what God speaks to us about the coming year, about where we are, where we've been, and where we're going, where He desires to take us. We let the Lord set those those goals and define our strategic process. And then from there, we break it down and we apply practical practical implications to that. And so then the Lord began to give us strategic Sermons, And as I go back to 2014 to present and I look at those strategic messages God gave. They are profoundly prophetic. They were they were sermon series that matched the season we were in. Even into this year. And I look at what some of you have gone through in your lives and some of you who have come and God has joined you to the family. And I look at the strategic messages and and words that God has given and they match exactly what God is doing. They match the, the, the hardships that you've gone through. They were words of God that you needed in that hour. And it's almost as if God foreknew what you'd be facing. I mean... Who would have funk it? It's almost as if God knew we would be in this building. Who would have funk it? So what, 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 what we're seeing is God has been building a solid foundation. And we have come in 2000, in four years, we started that strategic process in 2014. And in 2018, we have come full circle. He has brought us back because you know what we started with in 2014? Basically, foundation. Relaying these foundations. We started right here in Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 1, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washing and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. In other words, let us grow. Let us Grow to a place of spiritual maturity where we have a solid foundation on these things. We don't have to go back and learn again to live a life of repentance 
And we, we, we don't have to go back and, and, and struggle with living free of offense and yokes and sin and all these things. Because we've moved on. We begin to build on that foundation. So here the Apostle Paul says that we should be growing in the maturity of Christ. Having a faith laid on the foundation of who Christ is. Laid on the foundation of what Christ did. Laid on a foundation of repentance. Having died to our flesh and dead works. And have been resurrected in the nature and the spirit of Christ. This should, we should be building our life and, and our spiritual relationship with one another and with Christ. And all that we are by growing in obedience and living in the instruction of God. We shouldn't still be struggling with the idea of God is holy. God said, I am holy, therefore you be holy. In other words, live righteous, live in my instruction. God is just. This is foundational. Salvation comes only through Christ Jesus. That's foundational. Salvation is by grace. It's not by your works. That's foundational. The Bible is the inspired and infallible word of God. And I am to take it and write it upon my heart. I'm to teach it to my children and my children's children. I am to believe it to the point that I live by it. It changes me. It transforms me. It's what molds and shapes my choices. It's the foundation. Life is eternal. That's foundational. When you grab hold of the eternality of life. And, and life either with God or without Him. When you forget your immortality, you live different. But when you embrace the eternality, the, face, the fact that you one day are going to have to stand before God and live eternally with how you live today, that will change your thinking. Change how you live. But oh, oh, how easy we walk right out the door and we forget that we will stand and have account before God for how we live today. You know what I see so many times on Facebook, and I just use Facebook as an example. There's others, but the point is so many people post stuff on there that is so evident that they've forgotten about eternity. Oh, they'll post scriptures and all kinds of things, but uh, they don't truly understand. It is foundational to understand that sin will be punished. Yes. Yes. That is foundational. Yes. That is foundational. Well, oh, Pastor, I struggle with this temptation, that and that. Yeah, you know why? Because you keep forgetting sin will be punished. Yeah, but there's this new modern gospel that God's just looking like this. 
He's looking the other way. And if he's a loving God, how dare he judge me? Well, yeah, because he's God. How dare he will? He will. Well, don't you judge me. I don't have to. You've already been judged. Judgment has already been given. The wages of sin is death. I didn't make it up. I'm not trying to put some judgment or condemnation on you. I'm just telling you the hard truth. That's foundational. Why is it foundational? Because it changes the way you live. Forgiveness. You have to forgive. No, I don't. Says who? Says my theology. Where'd you get that? Out of the Bible. I don't know what Bible you showed me. Because I've been all through this sucker. Come look. I got notes and highlights all in it from cover to cover. And this at least the third one I've been through. And I ain't found it anywhere in there that you do not have to forgive. You have to. Yes. Come on. Yes. It's not optional. It's foundational. Well, I can forgive, but I don't have to forget. Then you It's a whole other it's a whole other dissertation. Oh, it's foundational. Forgiveness is foundational. It is Jesus. These are foundational things. Hell is real. Huh? That seems we've forgotten that in the church. It seems we have forgotten that. Why, Pastor? Because there are so many sinners in the church? Eh. I believe more so we've forgotten the church has forgotten that hell is real because we are not compelled to go save them from it. We've forgotten that hell is real because we are willing to sit back in our own little comfort zones and let people go there. Either that or we truly do not believe what this right here says. We've built some other kind of foundation. Not the foundation of the gospel of Christ Jesus. It is foundational that Christ is returning He is returning. He is returning. And if you truly believe that, if that was foundational in your faith, you'd live different every day. You'd choose differently. You'd choose your words differently. You'd have a different attitude at work or to your neighbors. You'd be compelled to be planting. People have asked me, well, pastor, uh, what, what do you think about the second coming? Hey, you know what? I'm too busy working on the first coming. You all worked up about the second coming and the post-trib and the pre-trib and this trib and the D and the D and this and the that and all oh, the signs of the times and here's the Antichrist and there and he's going to have this number and they're putting a the chip in my hand. Oh my God. Yes, and, and, and while you're, you're all worked up about all that, let me ask you this. How many people have you led to Christ? 
how many people have you shared the gospel with? Who are you still harboring resentment against? What are you looking at on the internet? Well, He is coming. And I believe we've forgotten that. And it's foundational, church. It's foundational that you remember He said He's coming back. And He's coming back for a bride without spot or blemish. Not a bride that just is a little dirty. Not a bride with just a few spots or stains that, you know, oh, don't just overlook that, Lord. It's coming back and there will be a day of eternal judgment. And oh, what a day of great joy, rejoicing it will be. No. It will be, you know, it's amazing. We sing these songs about when Jesus comes back, what day of a joy rejoicing it's going to be. No, it's going to, that's not what he said. It's going to be a day of wailing and, and gnashing of teeth. And, and, and there's, there's going to be a, a horrible day. Not only just for this. Those who rejected Him, but those who thought they knew Him. Oh, oh! it would be one thing to have rejected Him and He shows up. And you, oh, I guess it was true. It would be another thing for Him to show up and you think you knew Him. And you didn't. Let that be foundational. It is foundational that Christ made a way of escape through His death and resurrection. It is foundational to know and believe that I do not have to sin. I don't have to. This lie that sin is natural, unavoidable, and merely physical is a lie. Sin is not natural. It's the most unnatural thing there is. You weren't created to sin. He did not say, let us go down and create man in our salim and our likeness and our image. And he created you in sin. He did not. You were created in righteousness. And you have been restored to righteousness. You have been freed from the power of sin. You don't have to sin. It's like the young man when I was a youth pastor called me a lie. And son, why'd you lie to me? Well, it was an accident. You don't accidentally lie. That's premeditated. Well, why did you cuss them out? I don't know. It just overcame me and I just, you know, it just came out. You mean your tongue is an involuntary muscle? Is that what you're telling me? No. No, quit lying to yourself. Because you keep lying to yourself on one day He's going to show up and your lies aren't going to hold water. These are foundational. 
These are the things that when you come to the altar, you don't get all these foundations. You're not going to come to the altar one Sunday and we're going to lay hands on you and give you a prophetic word. And suddenly you're going to walk away with this perfect foundation in Christ. No. You're going to keep going back and struggling and having to come back again. Go and come. And nothing wrong with coming to the altar. Don't get me wrong. The altar, you need to come to the altar. In fact, would that we all be at the altar every day? Pouring everything out before God. Because the altar is not where you come and get blessed. The altar was created as a place where you die. The altar is a bloody place of death. It's a place where you come and you confront the, the horribleness of your sin in the midst of the grace and the mercy of an amazing God who takes it from you and receives it that you can walk away clean. And you can go and sin no more. We've been told that's impossible. You can't just believe parts of the gospel, folks. You've got to believe all of it. Amen. You can't say that, that Christ died and rose from the dead and forgave me of my sin, but yet I can still live in sin and be justified. No, you can't, you can't build that. That's a whopping jawed foundation. You know, that's, that's an Arkansas term, whopping jaw. Means it's drooping on one side. You can't pick and choose. You have to take all the gospel. I do not have to sin. It's foundational. And I do not get to... Listen to this. This is foundational. I do not get to redefine what is and what is not a sin to God. Somebody posted something on Facebook and said, it is, it is to be blind. And I may not quote it exactly right, but it's to be, it's blindness to call something okay that God has called sin. It's blindness. You don't get to redefine what God has called sin. You see, the Word of God gives me the foundation of life, security. God gives me the foundation for community, for family, for worship, for holiness, for righteousness, for justice, for government, for faith. God gives me the foundation for all these things. Look with me at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 9. Listen to what Peter says. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. When you try to live life on your own knowledge. Because you don't have the knowledge of God. For whatever reason. 
then you don't build on a solid foundation. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Folks, do you see foundation in there? See, he's saying when you come to the knowledge of God and you surrender and you build on the knowledge of Christ. You are transformed. You are then called into his nature not that fallen sinful nature. And then those, those worldly, earthly desires, they, they, they have no power. There's, there's a new foundation being built. He says, for this very reason, make every effort. He's going to tell you how to build. These are building blocks for this foundation. Make every effort. What does that mean, every effort? Does that mean a little effort? A casual effort? Does that mean a Sunday-only effort? How much effort are you truly putting in to growing in Christ? I mean, I can't answer that for you, but I can look at your life and I can probably give you a clue. It'll probably tell me, kind of like in that video, that, that, that tree house, that fort he built on sand. It was pretty evident. How much effort are you putting in growing and knowing Christ in your life? He's going to tell us the foundational. Listen, make every effort to supplement your faith. What is supplement? What does it mean? Well, when I retire, when I reach retirement age, and I can draw my retirement from the National Guard, I will be able to get TRICARE again. The only problem with TRICARE is TRICARE is supplemental, or it will be supplemental. So I will still have to find some other form of health insurance. Okay? Because I will only get supplemental. What does that mean, supplemental? It means that by itself, it's not enough. <laughs> Do you understand that? And so many Christians live with Christ as supplemental to their life. Don't they? You know what? When you view Christ as just supplemental to, supplemental to your life, that, that's just dead religion. That's just religion. Or blindness. I, the Bible calls it foolishness. Christ can't be supplemental to your life. It has to be everything. But listen to what he says. Peter says. What does he mean supplemental? He knows, in other words, he said, make every effort to supplement your faith. Add virtue to it. Why? Supplement it with virtue. You need it. Add this ingredient to it because it will strengthen your faith. 
It'll help build a solid foundation for your faith. Add to it virtue. And then while you're adding virtue, add knowledge. Not just any knowledge. The knowledge of Christ. The knowledge of the Word of God. What kind of knowledge? Yada knowledge. Intimate knowledge. I guess my time is up. I'm just getting started. We're just into the introduction. No, I'm just kidding. Angelica's shaking her head. No. Not just any knowledge. The intimate knowledge of Christ. You know what that means? It's like it's like a lot of seminaries. You got you got guys teaching about mission trips to others, but they've never been on a mission trip. You can't share and have knowledge of something you've never experienced. It's like me coming into the kitchen and telling my wife how to cook. That ain't work very well. Oh no. Oh no. So add to your knowledge self-control. Oh, wait a minute. Self-control. That means self-government. Self-accountability. I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier to hold yourself accountable than to wait on God to do it for you. And add to your self-control steadfastness. Consistency. Faithfulness. Never missing a beat. I'm here, God. I'm doing your will. I'm walking faithfully. The right heart. With the right motive. Steadfastness. And to your steadfastness, add with it godliness. What is the godliness? It's God-defined living. It's God-defined living. It's living to please the Lord and nothing or no one else. And with godliness, brotherly affection. Oh, you mean I got to love my neighbor? Listen, this is foundation. And brotherly, and listen, don't just show kindness to them. Love them. Don't just be benevolent. Truly love them. He says, so add to your brotherly affection, love. For if these qualities are yours, what's this? If these qualities are yours and are increasing. Everybody say increasing. Oh, you mean I I don't just got to forgive them like Peter said. Oh Lord, I forgave them seven times. And Lord, don't you know that in the Hebrew culture, we only have to forgive them three times. But I give them, I forgive them seven times. And Jesus says, oh, aren't you so holy? Oh, mighty Peter, you're so humble and forgiving. Yet how many times has God forgiven you? How many times has God forgiven Israel? Whoever holds these qualities and they are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective. And unfruitful. In other words, the anointing of God can actually work through you, be poured upon you, 
and affect your life and those around you. They keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They're foundational. For whoever lacks these qualities, now listen, whoever lacks these qualities, listen to what Peter says, is so nearsighted that he's blind. Having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. I couldn't say it any better, Peter. In one place, the scripture says it's like a man who looks into a mirror and then turns around and walks away and forgets what manner of man he is. There are consequences of having a poor foundation. Cracks in the interior that reflect damage to the interior. This applies to your choices, your attitudes, your relationships. How they reflect the condition of the foundation of your soul. Reflecting wounds, offenses, wrong mindsets, a lack of understanding or knowledge, and the surrender of Lordship of Christ. A bad foundation is revealed by cracks in the windows, cracks in the doorways, cracks in the walls. You ever seen a house with a bad foundation? You see it in the doors and the cabinets. They won't close right. Pipes can burst or break and joints are weakened causing unsafe conditions for the floors and damage to the roof and other parts of the home's entire infrastructure. All because of a poor foundation. But you know what we do? We treat it like lights on a dashboard. You know, you know, in Arkansas, what you do, you get a light, come on your dashboard, you just duct tape fixes everything. And put some duct tape over that thing. Hey, problem solved, right? And then all of a sudden, another light comes on the dashboard. Put some duct tape on it. And then maybe you don't get duct tape put on You know what some people do? Light comes on, take it to the auto zone, they'll go turn the code off. Turn the coat off, light goes off, problem solved, right? <laughs> and then that light comes back on, and not only does that light, three more lights come on. Take it to AutoZone, go in there, free of charge, they turn all the lights off. No lights on my dashboard, good to go, right? And then wonder why we're broke down on the side of the road with smoke bellowing out of the hood. I don't understand. But that's exactly how we do in life. Pastor, this is going wrong. That's going wrong. Here's what the Word of God says you need to do. Eh, I can fix that. <laughs> Am I right? I ain't got time for all that Bible study stuff. Learning the Word of God. Getting you know, insight, revelation. Learning how to apply it to my life. Practically, you know, that's that whole that's called discipleship. I ain't got time for that. Put some duct tape on it. Causes of foundation damage include erosion or what is called mass wasting, which causes creeping, creeping to an unbalanced foundation. 
swelling or sinking soil known as transpiration caused by dryness, emptiness, barrenness to the soil. This can be caused by trees or vegetation improperly planted near the home, causing them to suck the soil under and around the foundation dry. Improper expansion, settling, poor compaction, or too little pressure applied to the soil to ensure solid ground and strength. Are you hearing me? This is all, this can all be applied spiritually, morally, ethically to your life. Pastor, we're going to do this. We've made this decision. We're going to do this. I really don't think that's a wise decision. <laughs> well, that's it's not yours to say. Okay. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, you planted something in your life that really wasn't good for you, according to the way of the Lord. And it began to let roots grow, and those roots began to break up the foundation. Misplanted things. Pastor, I don't understand. I feel so dry and empty and like God has abandoned me. Well, where have you been at prayer? Uh-huh. You mean I got to come to prayer? Man, it sure helps to water that dry soil. It sure helps. Because, man, we've had some really good... I mean, we've had some prayer time lately with the anointing of God. It's just overwhelming. Yeah, but you go on with that dry soil. Tell me how that's working for you. How about this seasonal movement causes foundation damage? Seasonal movement which exposes poor planning and design. Things don't go wrong. They start wrong. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11 through 12 Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? Is your life truly built on the solid foundation of Christ Jesus? If Father inspected your house today, would He find shifting soil? Would he find spiritual or moral erosion? Would he find creeping of ungodliness into air? Just a little compromise creeping in here and there into the areas of your foundation. Hear the word of the Lord who restores the foundations of the souls of men. I'm going to close with this. Isaiah, look there with me. Isaiah chapter 58. Starting with verse 9. Hear the word of the Lord who can restore the foundation of your faith, of your life, and everything that God is wanting to build in it. Isaiah 58 verse 9. Then you shall call. God will respond when you call. You shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry. What does that mean? That means you shall be desperate for Him. And He will say, 
Here I am. And if you take away the yoke, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out, He's telling you the process of foundational restoration. If you will pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted. In other words, give of yourself, serve, surrender, be Christ. Then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. Well, I don't understand while I'm dealing with depression. Well, maybe it's because you don't serve anybody but you. Who are you serving? Who are you? What part are you playing in building the house of the Lord or vision and reaching the loss or serving or helping others grow in Christ? What, what are you putting your hand to to help someone else grow in Christ? Well, nothing. I'm just wallowing in my self-pity. Telling you how to deal with it right here. I can't help you any more than show you the word of God. I can't help you any more than that. I'm not your psychiatrist. I can't prescribe you any medication that'll fix it and make a band-aid on it. I can give you a roll of duct tape. There's an auto zone down the street. Turn the lights off. All the warning and point you to the Word of God. And I can tell you exactly what He said. Because I can't fix you. I can't fix you. Don't put that on me. I'm telling you, don't put that on me to fix you. I can't fix you. But He can. This Word can. And all I can do is point you to this Word. Now what you do with it? And the Lord, listen to what he says, verse 11, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden. You know what that means? You shall be healthy, bearing good fruit. Like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Verse 12, and your ancient ruins. That means all the broken parts of your life. Some of you, they've been broken for years and ages. You've got broken places in your heart, in your soul, in your thinking, in your mind. The devil whooping up on you every day telling you you're not this and you're not that and this and that. You're a failure here and a failure there. I'm telling you, listen to what the word of the Lord says. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. In other words, your children and your children's children don't have to live in the same garbage that you've lived through. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in, 
Verse 13, And if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my... No, He did not say that. Does he not know about Sunday night football? If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure, your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord if you'll start calling it honorable again. If you honor it not going your own way or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly. Do I need to expound on that one? That includes gossip, tailbearing, negativism, everything else. If you'll do this, he says, then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. And I'll feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Stand with me, if you will. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I believe that the Lord has spoken today. Amen. You might say, well, Lord, Pastor, we're preaching to the choir. We're here. I'm telling you, increase your foundation. Whatever you're dealing with, know what the word of the Lord has spoken. He has spoken. What else is to be said? What more do you need Him say to you? Pastor, you know what I'm dealing with? Do you know what I'm feeling? Do you know what's going on in my heart, my soul? My, do you know my temptations, my struggles? I know, I know what you, I know. There's nothing new under the sun. I have come to learn as a pastor, nothing surprises me what people are going through or what they'll do. The choices they'll make, I've seen hearts turn on a dime. I've seen God speak prophetically the most profound things to the very heart and the very thoughts and the intents of a man's soul. I've, I've watched it. It's come out of my own mouth. And they'll turn around and keep living in sin. I can preach the gospel uncompromising and still people sit. Sit in impropriety. The, the Word of God doesn't get any plainer than that. The Lord has spoken. What will you do with it?
The word of the Lord has spoken. You don't need a prophecy. You've been prophesied to. <laughs> what you need to is take all the prophecies God has spoken over you and make a choice. I'll never forget, we had a prophetic conference one year, and this lady came up and she said, Brother Marvin, here's my cassette tape. I need another prophecy. What's wrong with the prophecy you gave that you got? Well, your pro- your father prophesied to me, and I I just it just wasn't for me. I didn't like it. It wasn't what I needed. It wasn't what I needed. It wasn't the prophecy I needed? Oh, okay. Well, then here's what you do: you take that tape and you go back to the prophet who gave that word to you, and you tell him that. I'll never forget my dad took her tape. Broke it in half. Threw it in the trash. And says, thus saith the Lord, you've never done anything I've told you to do anyway. The word of the Lord has spoken again and again. The question He's asking us in this next year, folks, He's asking you right now in preparation as we go into this next year, we're in great anticipation. Oh God, what are you going to do? What's going to happen with Jubilee and all this next year and the vision growing and all that? Uh, Hold on. There are those in the house who have not already done or made a choice with that which I have spoken. What will you do with what I have spoken, says the Lord? And there are many, God has been given such grace, God has given such grace to That God has repeated Himself because the moment He spoke a word that could change your life, you got up and left. You weren't here that day. How gracious God is that He would speak it again. Because He loves you so much. What will you do with what God has spoken? Come on, close your eyes with me this morning and tell Him, Father, I've heard. Cause my ears to hear again words You have spoken over me. Cause my ears to hear again words that You have spoken into my life, into my heart that I have forgotten. That were foundational, foundational words Do you know His words are the foundation of the earth? Of the entire created order. His words are the foundation of what causes you to breathe and wake up every morning. Do you understand His word is foundational? Tell Him this morning, Father. Father, tell Him from your own heart. Tell Him, Father, cause my spiritual ears, my soul, the ears of my soul 
to hear again the words you have declared, you have spoken, the words that have called me to assignment, the words that have called me to faithfulness, the words that have called me to steadfastness, the words that have called me to be the son or the daughter you've called me to be, the words that have caused me, that have called me to trust and to faithfulness and to hope. All those words that called me to your first, to your love in the very first place. Cause me to hear those words again, God. Open my ears. That I might respond. When he says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. He's saying, the word of the Lord has spoken. Now what will you do with it? But Lord, I may have to make some hard choices. I may have to sever some some ungodly relationships. I may have to make some major changes in how I live and the choices I make. I may have to cancel my Netflix or whatever. I mean, come on. We're talking about the Word of the Lord here. What will you do with the Word of the Lord? Here I am, Lord. Come on, I swear where you are this morning. Say, Father, here I am. Here I am, Lord. I hear you. I hear you. And I will not listen to any other voice. But I will respond to the word of the Lord from this day forward. I will respond. I will reciprocate your love. I will show your mercy and your grace to others. I will walk in your, I will uphold your righteousness. I will be zealous for your truth. I will be a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to you. Fear will have no place. I will no longer be familiar with doubt. Anxiety and insecurities have no place. For your love has defined me. The word of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Say this morning with me. Say, I receive it. Receive the word of the Lord this morning. Receive it into your soul. Speak it into your children. To your grandchildren. Speak it into those around you in your workplace. Watch it. Watch it work. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.